0: A one-hour vlog, two years after the event.
1: Only CGP Grey could make that work. Well, uh, Mike, Mike, you're already messing with the timeline. Oh, yeah? First of all, we don't even know if it works. Because, once again, Cortex recording schedule... It's always somehow slightly off from video release schedule. Yeah. we. But, so, but,
0: okay, so I've seen it, and I really <laughs> enjoyed it. So it worked for me.
1: <laughs> right. right. Like, but in the real world, what has just occurred is, for apparently no reason, there was a, a driving trip streamed on the CGP Grey YouTube channel. American Grey Simulator, as I called it. Yeah. In the actual timeline, that's mm-hmm. what's happened. It's like you're jinxing. The release of the video. It's not successful yet. It hasn't come out. Who knows if it's actually going to work, uh, but that will be up in a couple days from, from recording time. So
0: Yeah, but you see, this is where we get into the time paradox that is this show, right? So I'm trying to deal with it as like, it's already out there, but now we're going back again.
1: Uh, this this is a thing I've, I've thought about a bunch of times ever since I've started podcasting. But then additionally, when I decided like, oh, I'm going to play around with the vlog format is... I'm living this non-linear life of like recording times going forward and back in time like there's cortex episodes that are out of time mm-hmm. and then I'm looking at footage which is from years ago but I can combine it with footage that's from yesterday and and even if you look at the depending on how you want to count them three or three and a half vlogs that I've put up on YouTube The time gaps between them are enormous and things are out of order. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's like, oh, I've released this this vlog about uh, wanting to pay attention more. And then now I'm going to release something that happened years before that ever occurred. So, yeah, I have this I have this totally nonlinear life. This is Summer of Grey Part 2. Parts 1 and 3 were posted a year ago oh god i forgot that's right that's the other time linear part people have already seen the end they saw yeah. the end a year ago because that's the funny thing
0: of like there's so much drama in this video but we all know mm-hmm. you're alive right. but like there is this like i'm watching it so it's a video about a road trip that gray took a couple of years ago like that's in a nutshell yeah. you should watch it I, I really i i thought it was very 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 good um but it you you totally succeeded in i'm watching the video. And I'm worried. But, like, one, I know about the trip because you were telling me while it was happening. And two, I know it was two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And you sent me the link, so I know you're okay.
1: But I was still worried about you. Well, uh, I mean, I I guess it works then. Mm -hmm. I guess it works on on an emotional level, at least on a mic. But, yeah, so this is a thing that um, I'm very glad in the current timeline mm-hmm. will will soon be released. Slash has already been released. Slash has already been released in my horrifically nonlinear life. I'll I'll be very, very, very glad to be done with this project. I, I've I've been telling my wife the past two weeks as I've been really making the final push on this mm-hmm. thing. Like constantly I've been telling her like I I think I think there is literally no project that I will complete that I I will feel better about having it just finally done. Because this is this is one of the projects that's been with me the longest in in an active or semi active state where like I you know I've been tinkering with it. So I'm I'm yeah very relieved it's over like, soon. I
0: remember you sending me like clips of the driving a long time ago. Yeah. Like a long time ago. I mean like, oh, what do you think of this? Like, you know, like when you, there's like a couple of shots where you have what is effectively like a rear view mirror in the corner mm-hmm. while you're driving. And, like, mm. it's wild. Like, that was such a long time ago. What? Okay. What what happens that it takes, that, that this is a project which is in the works for two years? Like, what, what happens
1: that, that results in that? <sighs> okay. I'm going to dramatically simplify things. Mm-hmm. But, listeners of Cortex, they will know that I have occasionally made reference to a behemoth project which has been a tremendous pain in the ass a bunch of times over the past two years this is that project right i looked this morning because i wanted to get the exact number for you if you combine the uh, road trip dash cam footage with the footage that i shot on the actual trip the total amount of generated footage is just over one terabyte of data. (laughs) (laughs) That amount of data, for me, constantly caused huge technical problems. Huge, dispiriting technical problems that would cause me to abandon the project for a couple months and be like, I can't even think about this. Here is one of the first major delays that... That is one of the most dispiriting things that's happened to me in a long time. So the first summer I had a like I had a very rough cut of parts one, two and three. Not not any. Here's the thing. Not anything close to a final product. But just a, like an incredibly broad overview of like, here's all the shots. Is this a year later, you're saying? Or is this this is not too long after? Th- this is like, I'm going to say it took three or four months after shooting. Right. So, th- so this is like tail end of 2017. So like in the winter of, of that year. Yeah, yeah it's the okay. winter of that year. I had this like rough compendium of here's the thing. I think it's going to be here. Here's where I think the natural parts are. Uh, realizing immediately that part two had to be a, just a totally separate thing, pulling that, like I had all of this stuff. And to to skip a, a huge amount of difficulty, I was using Dropbox for the project and I'm syncing the project back and forth between different machines. And this is also the first major, major project that I'm doing in Final Cut. You know, again, this this amount of data is absurd. You've never handled, you
0: know, so many terabytes and and yeah. a, of data and footage and even just yeah. you know pure time before because you've never done something like this. I'm way out of my depth. I'm totally out of my depth. Again, like to, a bit more, like just to provide a little bit more context for the discussion. So, like, yeah. Gray takes a, a, a long road trip, um, and is basically filming. You have like dash cams that are filming the entire driving period, as well as a bunch of clips that you're taking yourself. Of places that you're visiting, you know, like you would normally see in a vlog, right? Like here I am and I'm Mm -hmm. looking at this thing and that kind of stuff. But it was, you know, I'm assuming the many, 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 many tens of hours of multiple cameras shooting the road that caused Mm -hmm. a lot of the issues that we're talking about.
1: Yeah. And then plus, I had with me four different cameras that I was using Mm -hmm. to shoot other stuff. Mm -hmm. So my phone, I had a GoPro, and I had two other like pocket cameras. Mm -hmm. So in the depth of winter, a a combination of factors occurred. There was an interaction between the way Dropbox works and the way Final Cut works and the way I had organized my files that caused about a third of the video in the rough cut of part two to be randomly swapped with the wrong clips. And so I ended up with a timeline where about every third clip was incorrect and from a different location across the trip. And I cannot tell you how dispiriting that was. There was no way to roll this back because of just, like, how large each of the individual backups were. Like, there's just... Mm -hmm. There was no way to reverse it. And... That right there, I don't think I touched part two for maybe six months, maybe yeah, eight yeah. months after that, yeah. because it, it was so psychologically dispiriting. I couldn't even bring myself to open the project. Yeah. I was like, I have to wait until until I can really be like emotionally removed from how much labor has been completely destroyed yeah. by like a computer error. That's not even my fault. It wasn't even really the fault of any of the products I was using. It's just like, here's a here's an super edge case that just happened, and sometimes life sucks. So On a
0: very basic level, do you know yeah. what happened?
1: Yeah, I would describe it as a, as a namespace conflict. Yeah, that's what I would
0: assume. Because like, I know the way, I think Final Cut and Logic are similar in this way, that... If you use them where they're pulling files from a location, you're not actually storing the files in the project itself. Yeah. If you change the name, it will just bring that in instead, and yeah, so it can be a bit of a nightmare.
1: Yeah, it's it was it's a little like that. That's the basic idea of it. It was a it was a kind of namespace conflict, uh, but it was a thing that was partly my fault for the way I was doing stuff. But this this was also like I had no experience with how do you even try to organize and catalog this much footage. Um, there, there's also like uh, talking about technical difficulties, the, the live stream that went up, people will notice that at, <laughs> if you, if you look through the whole thing at some points, there's a rear view camera that you can see. And at some points there aren't. And, and that's because one of the technical problems I ran into during the filming was I did not have enough hard drive space to store all of the footage that I was capturing. And I, I was going through these really remote areas where there was just nowhere to buy a hard drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, the technical error that I ran into, which was incredibly frustrating, is before I left the last major metropolitan area, I had gone into a store and I bought a bunch of hard drives. And half of them didn't work. But I didn't discover that until I was out in the desert. <laughs> um so there's a few places there's a few places where footage is missing and i had to make some strategic decisions about like well rear dash cam footage just gonna go like i'm just goodbye Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna keep it um so there were so many technical problems over over the course of this it's
0: quite a mammoth undertaking really it's not surprising (laughs) especially when you're not used to it like you
1: went from zero to a million in terms of vlogging i did i did and the thing is i didn't have any idea what I was getting into. No. I just I had no concept of how much of a problem I was causing mm-hmm. for myself. And yeah, I didn't have any idea of what was this going to look like in the end. I thought, like, oh, let me just go and capture a bunch of stuff. Let this be a lesson in don't overshoot.
0: Yeah, you you in this situation, you significantly bit off more than you could chew.
1: Yeah, it, it was a it was a real disaster. Many many a times I was wondering, like, how do how do people deal with organizing and cataloging an an enormous amount of footage you know and and i I was even looking around and it's like everybody's got their own squirrely method seemed to be the answer that just works for them and there's you know there's not really a good industry standard for you're going to have terabytes and terabytes of data what are you going to manage it it's like well at that point every project is unique and so there you don't have a lot of general advice that you can try to follow
0: This episode of Cortex is brought to you by FreshBooks, the company that can help you save time, hassle, and frustration with this super simple cloud accounting software. FreshBooks simplified tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online. If you need to do any of these, if you work for yourself, if you ever send invoices to anyone, trust me, you want to use FreshBooks. FreshBooks have over 10 million customers that they help save 192 hours because their stuff is so simple to use. I have been using FreshBooks now for five years. Relay FM has used FreshBooks since day one. But actually, probably by the end of this month, we're going to be sending our 2000th invoice with FreshBooks. I cannot imagine the amount of time, hassle, and aggravation I would have spent over these last five years if I was using anything else. The fact that I never have to chase an invoice because I can see when somebody's received it and when they've printed it, is amazing. The fact that all of the information that I need is saved and I can just select everything that I want from drop-down fields when I am setting up an invoice is amazing. I love all of these features of FreshBooks. I love that I can go in and get notifications to see what's changed since the last time I logged in so I know what needs my attention. This is the stuff that you will be able to get yourself if you try out FreshBooks. If you're listening to the show, you ever send invoices or you ever need to get paid online or you ever track expenses and you haven't yet used FreshBooks, please just give it a go. I know you're going to love it. They are offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial to listeners of Cortex. So you can go in, try it out, and make sure that it's right for you. You don't need to give them your credit card information or anything. They just want you to try it out and see how right it will be for you and your business. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash Cortex. And when they ask how you heard about them, say, from Cortex. So go to freshbooks.com Cortex and get a 30-day free trial. Our thanks to FreshBooks for their continued support of this show and FM.
1: But yeah, so, so there was, you know, the better part of a year where I didn't even touch or think about the project because I, w- I was just too dispirited to even try to pick it up. Mm-hmm. But that's also partly why the original, like, part one and part two were really delayed because I had some technical problems with that one as well. But they were much more minor compared to part two. Part two was the real disaster.
0: You were dealing with way less.
1: Yeah, I was dealing with much less. It was also, it was also a lot clearer, like, what is that? Whereas with the part two stuff, I'd shot so much footage and like, I don't even know, like, what is this thing? <laughs> what is? I can't, I can't just show someone whatever it was, hundreds of hours of like, hey, let's go on a trip together. Like, it's, you know, it's horrifically boring to do that. So it's also trying to select the interesting parts.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know this probably, I kind of feel, probably may feel a little bit dumb in saying it, but I'm just going to say it anyway. It kind of doesn't really feel like you have a vlog here. It's more like a short movie. Mm-hmm. Because you had to treat it differently. Because when you have so much stuff, you can't actually really make a one-hour vlog. There has to be a story. Otherwise, it, it won't work. Right? Like, you can't... Typically, you just couldn't make an hour version of parts one and two because they were very vloggy, right? Like, here I am today, and I'm going... Like, if, it, if this was an hour long of you just doing a little catalogue of every single day, it would be too much. But instead, there is, like, a story. There is foreshadowing, and, like, the, you know, there's a bunch of interesting things going on that make it something you can sit through and enjoy without, like, constantly checking how far along you are in the video, right? And, and so, like, it is vlog style... But the work that you clearly went through to make it an entertaining hour is more like I'm telling a different kind of story with this. Yeah, I don't know. I know you won't say it, like, so I'm, I'm saying it. But, like, it is different. And you clearly decided to tell a story with it um, because you set it up that way, right? Like, and, and I'm not saying that you set out to make your Oscar movie, but, like, it is different. It has a slightly different feel to it than parts one and three do, which were more vloggy. Like, here is this day. Here's what happened on this day. Here is this day. Like, you know, it's like it's chunked up that way. But this is like a much bigger story, and you're, you know, you set it up in the beginning and we follow it through. And there's lots of little things where it's like, oh, God, he actually doesn't know how to manage a battery on a car, and everyone's terrified. Um, I was watching it with Vadina, and she was just like, Oh, he keeps talking about the car being warm. That's going to kill the battery. And like when you're charging with a laptop, because everyone, you know, we're following along with your range anxiety and we it's like when you set up, oh, I'm not going to go on the supercharger network. And then the next shot, oh, the car's so warm. It's like, no, (laughs) you're you're ruining everything. Uh, So, you know, it, it had a different feel to it. And I think that that's also probably what happens when you spend like a year working on it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny to hear you describe it that way. Like, I just don't think about it in this way at all. I, I think this is this is entirely about mostly trying to select clips that also relate to other clips.
0: <sighs> right, but that's, that's building like a narrative through line, right? Like, I know you're not... I understand that you didn't think of it in these terms, but you are more of a person who tells stories than you are a person who is used to vlogging, right? Like... You understand way more the beginning, middle, and an end of a video because that's what all of your other videos are. Like, they have to start in a place and end in a place, and then you have to guide people through it, right? That is what you're used to doing. And it feels like you maybe applied a little bit more of that thinking to this video than some of the other vlogs, purely because of the fact that you were dealing with so much stuff. Like, it's kind of a little bit more like a typical video for you where you're taking in a bunch of data sources. And research and turning it into a thing, it feels like it might have been a little bit more like that process than some of the other stuff that you've done,
1: which is more vlog like. Okay, well, it has a beginning, and a middle, and an end because it's a literal journey. There's a start mm-hmm. point, there's a place I'm trying to go to, and then there's the end of it, which is now now this is done. Yep. So so I think that's the case. But I would love to know people who do this kind of stuff what their what their workflow is because. It's so it's so interesting. Like after I had finally fixed all of the footage, I ended up having you know, God, I don't even know what it was. Many many hours of just here's the whole trip, chronological from start to finish. Everything I shot that was not a road trip camera, not not one of the dash cams. And a thing that I noticed working on all of the vlogs, but particularly this one, is like, oh, this is actually in some way this the same way that I I. I work on my regular videos, which is I'm just going to watch this through hundreds of times. And every time I go through, I'm going to try to take out the parts that are boring. And so th- so that's why I think there, there are clips that relate to other clips, because each time you go through, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess this one kind of connects to something that I say later. And so I can I'll leave these in and... Over the past year, there were just a bunch of sections where I'm like, this doesn't matter. This doesn't connect to anything. Mm -hmm. It's a pointless side quest. Like, oh, it was interesting for me to do this particular thing. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't connect to anything. So I'll just take it out. But the the thing that I do like much better working on a vlog than working on a script is, except for the couple shots of future me, which I thought I could stylistically allow to try to have some continuity... There's nothing else to add, right? It's like, well, I've got the shots that I've got and I've got the things that I've said Mm -hmm. and there's no adding to this. And I don't know, there's something about that, which is really kind of, it's really nice compared to trying to write a script for a regular video because that process is like, oh, there's a world of things to include and it can go in any direction. And working on this was just a very different experience because it's like, well, I just have these pieces, and there there are a bunch of places where I'm even in the final version where I'm really annoyed that like I didn't make something clear at the time or I didn't explain something very well. It's like, but you know, I can't reshoot this stuff, so I just need to figure out a way in editing to either skip over it or to you know make make an interesting cut here. There is one little joke in the video, which is a hundred percent just a joke for me. I'm I'm leaving it in there only because it makes me smile. And it's it's the shot where I start describing how I have I'm having a bunch of technical problems mm-hmm. with like the cameras and then I cut to future me yelling like nobody cares, nobody cares about your technical problems. That doesn't really need to be in the video, but I'm leaving it in there because it makes me happy because I cannot tell you how many how many dozens of hours of me complaining about like stuff isn't working or like this hard drive's broken or, Oh man, Mike, that was the summer of USB C. Like how many USB C Mm -hmm. dongle problems I had. And it's like, all of that is gone. Like goodbye. All of this. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Nobody cares. It's really boring. And so I feel like that was, that's the process of like, I'm just going to go through this a bunch of times. And each time I'm going to try to take out whatever is the least interesting part of this. And hopefully what I'm left with is, sort of interesting and has some kind of through line so I'm, I'm very relieved to know that you liked it i really did i was
0: nervous when i saw the runtime <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like, but it, i was genuinely surprised uh how entertaining i found it it was also funny to me i i also had some real visceral reactions to some points of this video yeah do you can you can you guess which part of the video caused the most major flashbacks for me you're horrified by the ghost town that
1: I, I visited
0: yeah well that's that's one that's like one whole thing where one i can't
1: believe that you went there listeners listeners here's the thing i went to this ghost town at the very end of the video which even even as we're talking right now i'm still debating cutting that part i'd I, like a but Oh, no, it's got to be okay. in there it's really
0: good it's terrifying i
1: don't know it still it feels like a bit of a side quest but worthy though Okay. So I went to this this ghost town. But but even when I was on the trip, I took some pictures specifically to send to Mike because I, I thought rifling through my mental Rolodex, I was like, you know who's going to be the most horrified by this? Mike. I have to yeah. send him pictures of this. I think you may be the only person I sent photos of that ghost town to because it was like, Mike will be appalled. <laughs> I've got to send him these photos. I was really worried about you. And <laughs> it
0: was, I cannot believe that you were walking into the buildings. I just cannot, I, it's like everything I know, I feel like I know about you. Like, why did you touch anything in the outhouse? I just can't fathom it. Like, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, I did have to go to the bathroom. But like, walking into those houses, and like, you sent me pictures of the underground death bunker, which that surely was. Right, you mm-hmm. were sending me pictures of it. I remember all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would any you came across any abandoned building on that trip, you would send me a picture of it. I think, but but the thing that I have the most visceral feelings towards mm-hmm. is when you said, "Oh, I have some Wi-Fi, so I'm going to download some work files." Oh, of course, <laughs>
1: of course, yes. <laughs> I remember greatly that well, week. Why did you have such a visceral
0: reaction to that, Mike? Because we had recorded a very timely episode of our show, the WWDC episode. It's very timely uh, because every day after that, that it is not released, it is getting older and older. And my co-host was. In the West. Like, I don't know (laughs) where he is. He's just missing. Sometimes he's like, oh, I have no reception. Like, I can't even send you text messages. Uh, And I'm waiting for you to download a multiple gigabyte project listen to it all and again it was funny to me you're listening to it in the car which i it was i knew you were i remember you telling me you were gonna do that so mm. it's just funny because i can imagine it's just a laptop
1: strapped into the car playing yeah. the show Th- that that whole trip i had a laptop you know with the seat belt around it so it's it's snugly secure doing various things either trying to like offload footage or play the podcast or do a whole bunch of stuff but i had a yeah i had a laptop as a co-pilot that whole trip <laughs> But I just remember
0: the logistical nightmare that was caused by you being on that trip of us trying to get the episode
1: out. This is one of the things that I was kind of frustrated afterwards because I just I never had any shots of me explaining it clearly or really talking about it and I, and I think I think particularly let's say for European viewers there just there's no concept of how many stretches in America you can go on where you have no connection, you know, no cell phone connection, let alone an internet connection. And, and like, I wish I had some spots where that was just made more mm-hmm. clear to the viewer that for huge portions of this trip it's like, well, if I broke down on the side of the road, the, the answer is, well, I'm just gonna have to wait for someone. <laughs> that's like, there's no other, there's nothing else to do. And, and that's not even some of the most uh, remote areas I've ever been in America. I remember when we record that episode, I was trying to prepare you for because uh, we, we I think we recorded that on, we recorded the Cortex episode on like the second to last day of WWDC. And I went on this trip before you had finished editing it. And I was telling you, like, well, listen, I hope I'm going to be able to <laughs> download this episode somewhere, but I can't guarantee. And I just happened to find this one casino that I stopped at that had decent enough wi-fi that i could stay there for several hours and the files downloaded uh to be able to listen to it and then i and then mm-hmm. i still think i still think i didn't have internet for like another day to get back to you with the results or anything it was a long time
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean so i have memories of like being in my kitchen this is before we moved like so this is like in my family home you would you would send me a, a picture and be like this is where i am still can't get it and it's just i have memories of me being like <laughs>
1: it's funny to hear this, Mike, because all of your anxiety had completely slipped out of my mind a mm-hmm. lot. Like, I'd forgotten all of this. Mm-hmm. And to me, the entirety of that time was just reduced now to this one funny clip that I had of me listening to the show mm-hmm. while we we're in the car. Oh, I was going to say, here. here's the thing. I don't know if most viewers will ever notice this kind of thing. But this is one advantage of living the non-linear life is by, by having the parts one and three and then part two be very separated in time from their production. I don't think anyone will notice, but the clip that I am listening to of the podcast in the car, I intentionally made that the clip that I play of us in part one recording the show. Ooh, continuity. I don't think people ever pick up on that stuff, but I just, I love to try to do that if I can. Of, I had this one clip where you could hear the podcast in the background. And so when I was doing part one, I was like, I have to use this clip because this clip is going to be the one that shows up in part yeah, two. It's an Easter egg. Yeah, it, it's it totally is an Easter egg. And it is, it is like... I don't recommend that people do vlogs over – like, I don't recommend the nonlinear life because you start going crazy. Mm-hmm. But this is one fun thing that you can do in editing is is have a connection like that that otherwise would be impossible. Because if I was just doing part one and I pick some clip of up, us on the podcast, I'm not going to happen to have that same clip in part two.
0: Yes, it had to go the other way around. Yeah.
1: I, I have to already know that I'm working on part two to be able to go back to part one to, to put it in there. So anyway, uh, it's, just a, it's just a little a little touch, a little Easter egg for the really intense viewers. <laughs> so this did look like a really
0: amazing trip. Like I feel like at the time, I didn't really understand why you were doing this. But seeing it like this, I understand why you did it. Because it looked like... A beautiful and kind of incredible thing to witness like all of these different
1: landscapes and stuff
0: maybe don't vlog it next time.
1: Mike, do you know why I thought let me let me experiment with vlogs on my youtube channel
0: hmm.
1: okay. with many things, I have a couple reasons uh, one of the reasons is I like to be able to do things on my channel that are that are different, mm-hmm. even though it always makes people angry and you get like unsubscribe. I didn't sign up for this. It's like, okay. But I thought, vlogs, this will be fun and easy. It's got to be
0: easier than an animated video, surely, right? Surely.
1: In, in fairness, because of the thing that I, I talked about earlier with the nature of filming, I actually do think it's easier. Mm-hmm. I, I would regard the vlogs as easier to to make. This happened to be like a tremendous mammoth. Prop like I ran into these things, but the a lot of this was like one-time errors and like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But the actual process of editing and making a video, like I can just do that in the afternoon and sit down for a few hours in a more relaxed way in in a way that I simply cannot do while writing a script. So I will I will say that it's easier. But it is it has not been quick. And each one of these things ended up I ended up just making it much more involved than it needed to be. I've ended up overshooting on, on all of these things. And this is, um, that, that vlog that I did on attention on my second channel, that was shot as me walking in the woods, specifically as a reaction to the nightmare of all of the other projects that I did, where I was like, okay, listen, listen, you want to say a thing. This is the perfect thing that you would want to say in a vlog. And then I set myself the creative restraint. like you can do nothing but walk in the woods because if, if you start thinking about all of the interesting things that you could do with this project, it, it will become another summer of gray. like don't mm-hmm. right? like you have you to will cons- have been off the internet for three years before you even tell people. <laughs> I know, I know. and and so another behind the scenes thing that I don't know I don't know what the reaction is going to be to this vlog. I don't expect these things to be remotely as popular as the main videos on the channel. Like, that's not their purpose. They don't have the real ability to go viral, right? Yeah, they, yeah,
0: they, it, it is more like you have to already be interested to be interested.
1: Yeah, I, I think of like expanding circles of audience attention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you look at some of my videos that have a lot of views on it, I'm always aware. Like, many of those views come from people who don't even conceptualize that there is a channel that produces these things. Sure, They're just sure. like watching random videos, mm-hmm. and so that, then you you or, orbit in to like, oh, there's people who know that the CGP Great channel is a thing and like videos from it, and then there then like a subset of that are the people who who like want notifications. And then you you drill down into like, oh, the people who are listening to this podcast right now and also like you have these various levels of intensity. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of think that the people listening to Cortex right now are at the at the like interest level of you might like this vlog, but it's not remotely meant for the further orbits of this thing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention something that I think is useful for just to be aware of for anybody who's who's working on a project and and trying to make something like when i first uploaded my uk explained video to the youtube channel that thing you know by the standards of the time is pretty well like a pretty well polished youtube video and i always want to emphasize that people don't see the, the like practice that went into making something like that which was being a teacher and giving talks in front of people multiple times every day and, and getting a sense for how do you make something that's interesting. Like that doesn't just pop out of nowhere. And so, so like if you're trying to make something, you should totally expect that your first few attempts are not going to be great. Like they're, they're not going to be good at all. And it can be dispiriting to look at something like that that sort of pops out of existence and think oh, this this thing just started good. It's like, yeah, but there's a lot you're not seeing. And if you watch the vlogs and you think, oh, these are pretty good as far as vlog goes. Like, I hope people like them. But if, if you think that, I'm going to let you in on a, on a little secret. So because, because of the, the massive amount of time that we're talking about here between, for all of the vlogs, when they were shot and when they went up, I think the Las Vegas one, the very first one I did, is also very close to a year between the filming of that and the actual upload of it. I have, at this point now, shot and edited something close to, like, a dozen vlogs. And almost all of them I've just decided, like, they're no good or they're boring and the whole thing has been scrapped. Hmm. So this, this is, again, like, I've been practicing in a way that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily seem obvious to the viewer
0: because you can't so easily practice in public anymore
1: yeah i can't easily practice in public anymore um, and i have to make a judgment call about what is going to go up on the channel and what's not going to go up on the channel and you know when when i did that first vlog i'd already mentioned that prior to that point i'd already shot and edited a bunch of stuff and i just thought it was garbage and it was boring and and it, like, sometimes you can see little like remnants of these like in my shots of final cut pro there's like these dead vlogs past uh that are sometimes visible in some of those shots but um i I just think it's useful for someone to be aware of that and and one of the reasons why like why did i stick with this ridiculous project and also why, why did i name this the first one parts one and three is because i like i thought i could make something really interesting out of this and i really did want to kind of put myself on the hook for like i know i'm really dispirited with the shape that this project is in but i don't want to forget this one like i think this one is more interesting than most of the the stuff that i've shot in the past Mm -hmm. so like i've been practicing a bunch with other stuff but i do i do i swear to god though uh if i continue doing vlogs on the channel that I, I can't make them as interesting as this. Like, I swear I want to upload something that's much more of a boring vlog. And, and that attention video, I wanted to put it on the main channel specifically because it was kind of boring. And it was only because it'd been such a long time since I'd uploaded a, a real video. I didn't put it there. Cause I thought there like, people would just freak out too much. So I like I shunted it off to the second channel, but like I've got to put something that's genuinely less of an enormous vlog project up on the channel at, at some point, just so I just so I feel like I can. But yeah, uh, my long nightmare is is very, very soon to be completed and, and done and it'll be up. And then I hope I hope people like it. I'm pleased with what I, I got in the end and I'll, I'll be curious to see how it how it goes with everyone.
0: I'm looking forward to 2018's vlog
1: <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. can't wait
0: any day now right no wait next
1: year well, well I mean I do I do have I do have a giant I know you do I do have a giant <laughs> I know you do I, I watched you
0: I saw you doing it
1: god damn you Mike you make me so angry. You make me so angry because I've got I've got that one, and I was I was so close to scrapping it. And I thought, oh, I think I might have an interesting creative constraint to make this much more possible. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, this is this is the this is the horrible burden of of the nonlinear life. It was like, oh, great, I'm done with 2017. Now now I can catch up to 2018 <laughs> that summer. <laughs> This episode of Cortex is brought to you
0: by ExpressVPN, look, we all think that we're immune to cybercrime. It is so hard to imagine someone trying to get hold of your information. But the bad news is, stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is a super easy way for bad guys to make money. If you're leaving your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers could be vulnerable. But there's something that you can do to protect yourself from cybercriminals, and that is to use ExpressVPN. It works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing, encrypting your data, and hiding your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device you can turn on express vpn protection with just a click and you're free to safely surf on public wi-fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen this is something that you can use on your mac your pc your iphone your ipad they have apps for all of them express vpn is rated the number one vpn service by tech radar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee I use ExpressVPN whenever I travel, when I'm connected to Wi-Fi networks, public Wi-Fi networks, and I always turn it on, so I just have that peace of mind. But it's also super useful when I sometimes come across geolocated content. And this is a big thing that's been happening recently where just I want to read an article, but I can't because I'm in the European Union. With ExpressVPN, I can say, hey, I'm somewhere else, and then I can read it. That's actually a really great use of ExpressVPN, as well as the protection stuff. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same protection with ExpressVPN that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and you want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com to learn more and protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash cortex. That is exp R E S slash Cortex for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. So Gray, on our last episode, it was an Ask Cortex episode. And Ask Cortex episodes, because they are so they are full of so many things, they tend to generate a lot of different discussions. There are always with these types of episodes at least one thing that I hear about a lot after the episode. Can you guess of the things that we spoke about last episode, the thing that people spoke about most? Could it have been our hate of lunch? (laughs) What do you think it was? Well, I mean, who could disagree that lunch is the worst? No one. I was honestly thinking it would be this, was not this. We definitely had some people say that lunch is Great, but there are lots of people that don't like it, and there were lots of people that were mostly
1: ambivalent to our hate for food. But here is the thing: after having done this for years now, mm-hmm. I know there is there is no point in even trying to guess what is the thing that people latch onto because it's just it's random. Like it's the it, it's the random, capricious interests of the internet, mm-hmm. and so I have no idea what did people latch onto from last time. What day does the week begin on? Monday is the correct answer, Mike. I don't understand how there could be any discussion about this. But, Gray,
0: this. did you not know that the weekend is because they're at different ends of the week? Like a rope, it has two ends. Did you not know that? It's like a bookend, Gray. Did you not know this? I have no time for this argument. That's stupid. This is the argument that has been thrown at me a lot over the last couple of weeks. That the reason it's called the week ends is because there's two ends to the week. And it's like... Okay, no. we're not having no. an etymology discussion here. We're not talking about where the word came from, right? Nobody thinks of this. When you say to somebody, How was your weekend? Like, do you only care about Saturday? Do you not care what happened on Sunday? Because Sunday was the beginning of the. Like, no one. Nobody thinks of that, the yeah. weekend as two separate days on either side of the week. Like, that's not. This is not how we do it. Like you're not like oh Saturday no. that's the end of the week Sunday beginning of the new week. This is the begin. This is the first bookend. No one thinks this way. You can tell me a million times why the weekend is like a bookend. Sure, fine. That makes some sense,
1: but that's not how people live. Nobody lives that way. This this is a kind of uh, I'm sure there's a term for this, but it's a, it's a sort of backwards reasoning from the way things are. To why it makes sense that they are this way. Mm -hmm. Right. Of like, oh, they're like bookends. I think there are many things in the world that are like this. Cough the entire education system. Cough Mm -hmm. of, of like, oh, it is this way. And now we can reason our way into why it should be this way and why this way is great. But if we could somehow live in a parallel universe where the order of our society was still the same. But nobody had ever thought of calendars. That people would think, well, there's five days where I work, and then there's two days where I don't, and then it's five days where I work again, and two days when I don't, and this is the pattern of life. That if they were, they were like, how could we represent this on paper? And you're just starting from fresh. you never mm-hmm. thought of it before. I don't think anybody's natural inclination would be to divide up the weekend and put it on either side <laughs> of the
0: page. It's like, oh,
1: that makes perfect sense. That's, yeah. that's no, one, no one would do that. And everyone who had saw that for the first time without ever having conceived of a calendar would immediately say, that's dumb. Why did you split up my time off? <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> because Cortexans are wonderful people. Right. I
0: have seen something that I've enjoyed a lot. Which is people decided, like, they they go into their calendar app when they hear about this. There's lots of people I've seen that have decided to finally throw off the shackles of Sunday and have moved to Monday as the one true day to begin the week on. I've been enjoying that. Lots of people are like, I never thought about this before, but now I can do it. But then you've got the the wonderful fringe Cortexans who decide, I'm going to set it as Wednesday. Because I can, and I want to see what happens. And I can only applaud those people, because why not, right? Like, there's an option. (laughs) Let's just see what happens. So there are a lot of people out there, Gray, now that are deciding to just start their week on a random day in their calendar, and just see what effect it has. And I have a lot of respect for that. I could never do it, but
1: I respect it. I I mean, look, we need pioneers to try different things. Uh, they'll settle on Monday as the correct day, but still, it's the only. Yeah, day. It doesn't doesn't hurt to try. I do have a lot of sympathy for the Americans who are going to still be living in a world where all the calendars start on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I could never make the transition fully until I moved to the UK. I remember trying in college uh, the Monday calendar, and it just it would too often um, cause problems where you have to look at somebody else's calendar. Yeah, yeah, I get
0: I get it, right? But like, throw off those shackles, and at the same time, yeah, if you have some kind of abnormal work schedule where like your weekend is like thursday and friday and go crazy mm. like set it set yeah. your first day a saturday like just go for it but <laughs> if you have a traditional work schedule of five days of work and two days off not one day off five days of work
1: one day off because nobody lives that way then monday yeah. is the only day yeah but it, it, the problem as always is communications with other humans it makes me think there's a science fiction author i, I quite like uh greg egan and in in one of his books there's there's just like passing reference to people have a piece of software that acts as a translator between them and the outside world and that you can set parameters exactly like this where you can say like, look, for me, the days start on Monday. And so when anyone is talking to you, even if they start the week on Sunday, like you perceive it in a Monday time reference. This sounds like the only thing I really want in my life now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I think of I think of that a bunch. Mm. Like, I don't I don't really need the whole world to change its standards. I just need to only perceive the standards in gray standard way oh, God, can That's you imagine what I how beautiful that'd be like all of the little things that annoy me yeah would go away yeah
0: wouldn't that be wonderful
1: it comes up as like two characters decide they like a name for a thing better this other way and they're like we agree that in our filter we're going to set it this way and so forever onward we're always going to hear like this thing that the rest of the world calls x we're going to hear it as y <laughs> like oh, oh i love that i think about that a bunch
0: so i feel like well, my training has paid off when it comes to this show. Oh, yeah. Grasshopper. Thank you, Sensei. I've, I've been able to apply the things that I have learned here in direct one-on-one training with my wife about being productive and setting up systems. So oh, yes. my wife, Adina is currently on a semi-indefinite sabbatical from her job in advertising.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and she's going to be taking some time to work on personal projects and we're going to be doing some stuff together and there's like a lot of things that she's working on and and she's got a lot of stuff that she wants to achieve so Mm -hmm. she's taking some time to do that but both me and you know and anybody that's self-employed will definitely come to face at some point is typically about two to three days (laughs) into it you realize hang on a second (laughs) I can do whatever I want (laughs) And that's a problem because <laughs> what happens when you realize you can do whatever you want is you don't know what to do. Yeah. What to prioritize. You have no structure around you because nobody is telling you what to do anymore. Now, many people approach these types of things differently. For me, I built a schedule, mm-hmm. that is what I needed, right? Um, it is way more useful for me to know that I would do this show on this day and this show on this day and I have it built out. And that is what keeps me motivated and moving along. And it's not like this for everyone. It's not like this for you, right? That yeah. is not a
1: thing that works for you. Yeah. But you have a real schedule train. Like that, yes. that train. That train does a lot of work in, in keeping Mike chugging along.
0: Yeah. There are things that happen on a certain day at a certain time and they have to be released at a certain day and a certain time. So that means tasks need to occur before, right? Like mm-hmm. I can't prepare for upgrade on Tuesday because upgrade records on Monday. So I mm-hmm. have to prepare for upgrade on Monday morning, right? So like my week, and again, like there are times when I hate it. Like I get in these periods of time where I'm like, I hate that I live my life this way, but like that's that doesn't mm-hmm. bother me because this is normal, right? You eventually will rebel and maybe shake things up a bit and reshape it. But that I know I need that. Like for me to be able to do my work effectively and to ensure that I do all of the things that I need to do, I need to have some kind of inbuilt schedule into my time. It's just, it keeps me going. But that was what works for me. For you, I think, if I can speak for you, it's much more your to-do system guides you more Mm -hmm. because you you set your own deadlines when you need them and you set them out the way that you want to but putting big chunks of time into your diary on a consistent basis can restrict your creativity a little bit so you're a bit more free-flowing with that
1: yeah i think this is i think this is genuinely like a big and interesting difference between the two of us and i i do i do just want to say like just just to put a little little side note here because I often talk to people and like they're interested in the idea of being self-employed and I I really, I really think it is important to realize like this is not for everyone and this is an aspect of the job that is that is really hard to understand until you're in it. Mm-hmm. The like, the you need to create your own constraints and I know people who have become self-employed and and left because they realize it's it's a total nightmare that doesn't work for their personality. And they're just they're hugely depressed. And it, it's 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 such a strange thing to talk about. And it can be really hard to talk about because for me, it is the best part of being self-employed. Yes. And particularly the kind of self-employed that I do, which is I want to be self-employed. And I also want to try to have as few deadlines as possible. But it is also simultaneously one of the hardest parts of the job Mm -hmm. and the part of the job that even talking about it now, I'm hesitant to talk about because people have no sympathy in hearing about it. They're like, oh, your lack of constraints is difficult. Oh, boo hoo, like cry me a river. Play your violin a little bit more. But it real but it really is the truth. Like it's a it's a hard thing to be able to manage in a way that works and it's it's one of the reasons why like you and I like to talk about work a lot because it's it's helpful to reinforce some of the ideas that are that are important and and one of those ideas for me that that I've definitely learned over the years is that deadlines are anti-productive that i, I know that if i when i have real deadlines like real external constraint deadlines that is often when i will procrastinate And it's like, I'm not a procrastinator kind of person, but deadlines make me procrastinate, which is the opposite of what it is for most people. And so that's why I try to arrange my work in in this way.
0: So when people think about being self-employed, one of the things that people talk about, which is one of the perceived joys and is one of the joys, if you can do this, you're happy with this, is I get to be my own boss, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. You have to be your own
1: boss. Yeah. Think think about that sentence really deep for a minute.
0: Yes. <laughs> think about it from the other side. Right. Not the idea of freedom. Think about it as you are the person who must ensure the work is done.
1: Yeah. I have to whip my own back.
0: <laughs> yes. That's an interesting way to put it. But yes, that is exactly it. Somebody has to make sure it's done and that yeah. becomes you. So going back to why we were talking about this, like Edina has always been a person who writes huge to-do lists, Mm -hmm. just massive to-do lists. And this was fine before because she would just have this list of things that she wanted to do and she would knock them off when she needed to. But then like one of the reasons that she decided to go down this path is because those lists were just getting longer and longer. And it felt like she wasn't able to actually accomplish the things she wanted to accomplish in her life. Mm. So now she is the master of her own destiny the lists started getting bigger mm. because now there's all these things and it was starting to get out of hand. So there mm. were just these massive lists on pieces of paper that were turning into post-it notes and index cards. And they were just kept growing. The, the paper <laughs> continued to grow. Right, okay. So it was, I, we sat down and I said, it is time for a system. So she was doing a good job of taking a bunch of index cards and writing her tasks on the index cards and like drawing them together. It was like, well, these are all one thing and these are all another thing. And as I was saying to her, I was like, that's really great. But those index cards, that's not going to help you, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Index cards are a great way to like get everything down if that's what you want to do. But that is, in my opinion, not an ongoing system because you can't carry those index cards around with you. It's once you've written, if you filled an index card with a bunch of tasks, how do you add more to it? So it needed to go into an app because that's where I believe this. I am a pen and paper guy, but I believe that these types of things should be going into a digital system because of its flexibility and its portability. It can be with you all the time and you mm-hmm. can do a million different things with it and things can exist in different places. You can move them around, you can tag them, you can put them into projects. Like it's much more malleable.
1: Yeah, index cards are great for a kind of brainstorming. Yes. I've, I've, done, I've done that a bunch where it's like, I'm feeling anxious, what, mm-hmm. what, what am I working on? Let me write down stuff. You can move it around on the table. Oh, all these things kind of go together. You know, I, I completely agree. That is, that is great for thinking and anxiety reduction mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm i'm with you 100 percent that ultimately you you have to have some kind of system that it all goes into where it where it becomes actionable items yes so we were looking at the slate of to-do
0: apps that were available mm-hmm. um and we chose things for adina mm, good choice it is the app that i would like to be able to use mm-hmm. there are a bunch of things about that app that work great but there's some stuff that doesn't work so great for me. So like some of the support that it has for repeating tasks has been weird and continues to be weird. Like, for example, if you have a repeating task and it repeats every Wednesday, you can't complete the task until Wednesday. That does not work for me because Mm. that's not how I work. Sometimes I like to do things sooner than they should be done. My understanding is they are trying to fix this. This feels like like with most to-do apps, if they've been around for long enough, you can tell that there are some just real they made some decisions right like we have this a lot of OmniFocus, right the company made decisions 10 years ago mm-hmm. but now they're gonna start to be a problem right and like this is like the time zone thing because that been fixed yet do
1: you want to you need to I wasn't, be- I wasn't i wasn't i wasn't gonna bring it up mike i was i wasn't gonna bring it up uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, you know but stuff like that <laughs> i wasn't gonna bring it up especially because the summer is coming up oh god
0: oh i feel for you
1: <laughs> i'll be fine when i land
0: and todoist tells me would you want to change time zone and i say yes to do and it's done so like you know i'll i'll enjoy that
1: yeah you you enjoy your little smug moment in the sunshine
0: oh i will i think about you every time every time i land i think about you as i press the button when todoist helpfully asks me if i want to change to the local time zone oh, Fuck you mike yes yes i know things is brilliant one of the reasons i like it and I use it because I use things for uh, my Cortex to-do list. Like I have a little mm-hmm. shortcut that I run. It's because within a project, you can put in these headings. And there is a way to do this in Todoist, but it does not work with the way that my brain works because it just looks like a task. But in things, it is laid out. They look like headings. And, and it's much more visual in a way that I enjoy. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't need it. I would like it, but I don't need it, which is why I don't feel the requirement to do it the way that Todoist does it. But I like the way that it works in things. Plus, just from a visual perspective, Things is my favorite of all of the to-do apps. It is beautiful. It is designed very well. And a lot of the interactions are really nice with it.
1: So yeah, I'll, ba- I'll back you up 100% on that. Things is the best looking to-do app mm-hmm. by far. I think honestly, it's the only good looking one.
0: <laughs> it's not It's the best one. I think it's the only good looking one. And it's because yeah. this stuff is really difficult to do. I mean, like they're perfectly fine, but they the design of them does not excite me in any
1: way. Yeah, things has a nice feel to it, and I, I bust it out every once in a while. I, I actually have been using it the past uh, couple weeks because I've been particularly busy, and as I meant, like sometimes it's nice to have like here's a separate list of like the absolute has to happen stuff that I just want separate, like. So it's easier to think about like, here's five things. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like, I don't want to open up the major stuff. Like I can let everything just Uh fall by the wayside. You know, I do that. Mike's laughing because he knows what's going
0: on. No, it's like we're like we're like terrible people, though, in that in that way of like, I have to have something's going on right now. I can't even use my regular to-do app. I need a whole new to-do app. It's the only way I can function right now is I need a whole separate list from my usual list. But I yeah, do I, like, it too. Yeah.
1: I know this sounds ridiculous to people, but you, you do run into these situations where it's like, look, there's mission critical stuff that mm-hmm. has to happen. And literally everything else in my life can fall by the wayside and I will just Mm. reap the consequences later.
0: This is one of the great uses of pen and paper when it comes to to to-do lists, by the way. If you you look at your reminders list, your things list, your omni-focus list, and you're like, there's too much here... If you sit down and like you write down what are actually the most important things from that list, it can really help you understand what you actually need to do. Yeah. And so really all we're doing is for the same reason that I put all of my stuff into a digital system. I'm using a separate mm-hmm. digital system for things that are like, I don't want this to clutter everything else.
1: That's why like, I do really like things. And it's the reason why I use it every once in a while in that situation because it is, it's beautiful looking, which is de-stressing. OmniFocus it is the most powerful but it i always think it 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 suffers from what i'm what i'm coining as like redundant ris syndrome which stands for redundant information syndrome where it's like you look at a list and it'll tell you in two places on the same screen what project it is or like it'll show you all the tags like i don't really need to see all this stuff and sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming uh so like things is really nice and I, I I would say for anybody out there who who still is looking for a, a, a to do system, probably Things would be my default recommendation if I don't know anything about you. If like yeah. you just you just need to pick something. Go with Things. It it looks nice. It's it's easy to use. It's obvious what everything is for, and. You will know soon enough if you need something more powerful like OmniFocus. Like you'll discover that on your own, that mm-hmm. there are limitations there. But I'm, I'm also with you. I thought it was dumb at first, things ability to have headers. But I think that is that is like a unique defining feature of that app, which I, I find myself missing everywhere else. The like mm-hmm. the way things lets you separate tasks in this non actionable way way to just group them. It's a killer feature of that app.
0: It has this wonderful interaction that I see in a, I saw Adina do, and I'm like, what did you just do? So the app has a little plus button in a circle, right? Like, And you tap that plus button to add a new task, right? Mm-hmm. I think all to-do apps have something that's like this, right? You're in any mm-hmm. view, you can tap it, or you can like tap and hold it and create a project or whatever. But if you're looking at a list of tasks, you can tap and drag that button anywhere you want and it will create a task
1: wherever you let go. Uh, I mean, so you, so you can like drag it onto a project, and then it creates a new task in that project.
0: Or where in a list? So if you have like a list of ten oh, things, and okay. you want to put something in the middle because that's just where you want it. You just drag it there, and it just pops the new task thing open, and it, that's where it saves it. It's like, oh, I like that.
1: <laughs> right? Like it just looked good. Let's see. That's interesting. That is a great new user just getting used to something feature like just mm-hmm. just drag it where you want it mm-hmm. as opposed to you know like if you find you need something more complicated i have a whole bunch of shortcuts that are my like where do things need to go so i run the shortcuts app which then like takes my input and then properly formats it and sticks it yep. exactly where it needs to go in OmniFocus i was like but that is an impossible sell to anyone who's starting something
0: <laughs> but one of the most valuable parts of the whole thing was like the moment before the data entry right? Because she has to get all the index cards out and then Mm -hmm. the the data entry needs to begin. And before, you know, I I was kind of like trying to help her through this process, right? Because I've been through it and there is probably nothing I think about more than these things, right? Mm -hmm. Hence why we are here every few weeks. It was at this point where she needed to look at everything, work out what was actually worth keeping, and then the categorizations. So, it was like really good because I, I got to see everything and I got we got to like debate it all. Like she had two separate columns. One was like important admin and not important admin. I was like, mm. well, no, that's admin, right? Like the importance is created through due dates, mm-hmm. right? So like we got to talk through that kind of stuff. Like if something's important, put a date on it. If it's not important, just leave it in the admin project and you can just get to it when you want it. And we got to look at like you know let's build a system of projects and tasks and tags and and how is that going to work for you, and like you know things is good for that kind of stuff. So she has a bunch of projects now and she's starting to tag some of them, because in looking at some of this stuff before, I didn't you know, like the contexts idea, you know, mm-hmm. um, of like well if I'm the one to deal with phone stuff right now then i want to do that so it's like well things do not have contacts as such but you could put tags to things and then you can search the tags and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so like finding a way to have all of the tasks and categorize them but also have some like cross categorization of stuff and it seems to have helped her a lot so far she has everything where she needs it to be and has been able to What i've really like to see is like i think we're into like the fourth week now Mm-hmm. This is the week where she was clearly able to start tackling a lot of the creative projects that she wanted to work on, where previously she was just getting like lost in the admin. Mm. And the other thing, though, the thing I am more proud of than anything else, she's time tracking.
1: Oh wow. Yep. Wow, she's like an advanced student doing that I so know. early. <laughs> well, usually that's the kind of thing you have to pitch to someone when their self-employment is falling apart. <laughs> you're like, uh-huh. "Listen, let me let me let me tell you something. You have no idea how you're spending your time. You think you do." This was exactly it. You usually have to wait until someone's at the nadir to be able to convince them to do that. So she's The problem that <laughs> she has here is that she lives with me.
0: So I kept talking about it to her. And I said to her, because so, I genuinely believe, I said everything we have done here with the, with things is useless mm-hmm. unless you know how you're spending your time. Yeah. It is useless. Because once it started, she was having some problems of like, all right, she wanted Monday to be her admin day. But it wasn't working. Things were coming up. Right. I was like, well, there you go, right? Like, you didn't do any admin on Monday, but you did something. What right. was it? What did you do? What was yeah. it? And she didn't know. I was like, well... Let's start time tracking, shall we? So she's been doing that now. And, like, you know, like, and like I I recommend that people do this. Like, if you have projects in your to do system, make them projects or tags in your time tracking system. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, if you have like, I have like sponsor stuff and show stuff, and I can link them together. So it's, it makes sense to me as an overarching system. And so, like, you know, and again, it's like, uh, I really believe it's important to do this at the beginning because. Even though it's a big thing to do, if you do it at the beginning, you have a real understanding of how you're spending your time and what is taking you the time that it actually takes. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you think to yourself, oh, admin takes me all day, but it actually takes you like two hours on a Wednesday, then fine. And it's like I was saying to her, like, well, if you want to do it on Monday, but it's not happening on Monday, maybe it is a better day to do admin tasks. Maybe mm-hmm. Monday is a day where you want to do different types of things. So, just live your life and track it. And then we can make decisions based on that. And so, I feel very happy that I've been able to put my accumulated knowledge into all of this. And it's, I mean, I'm pleased because it's nice to see that the stuff that we talk about is actually making a difference to someone like who I can see it making a difference to, right? Like, that is like a really valuable thing for me because this is stuff that I wholeheartedly believe in. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually seeing it work in front of me, which is which is kind of wonderful.
1: Yeah, it, it's the really important meta work that that helps the main work happen, and you, you you have to get it right. And it's you know it's really helpful to have someone else walk you through it or kind of guide you through it at the beginning stages like that. So I feel it, it does sound like you have really put her on a on a great starting track because she did the, the
0: cortex instructional course the intense <laughs> course that i've created <laughs> you only have to marry me to get it that's the price. <laughs> it's very limited in its scope this project
1: i mean i was i was gonna say that that sounds like potential for cortex brand but if you have to marry mike that's a little little too much um, mm,
0: let's let's walk that one back for a bit let's put a pin in that one for now <laughs>
1: But, you know, that's that's really good. And I'm glad to hear that it's going well. And I I really do mean it because like very often I think a lot of people come to this stuff just like when they're at a bad time in their life. You know, I I always think for me as well, it was when I was doing the teacher training Mm -hmm. and recognized immediately like I was I was overwhelmed and disorganized and I was going to fail in a way that I just never had before if I didn't start figuring out how to get my life together um so it's 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 much better to have this kind of stuff right at the start than to have to wait for your for your dark period and then go go searching for how you know time tracking what what is this thing that i've heard rumors of i guess
0: she's just lucky that her husband cannot stop
1: thinking about these things (laughs) (laughs) this episode of cortex is brought to you by hover you know who needs a domain name you do. Whether there's a side project that you have on your mind, or maybe you've recently taken an extended sabbatical from work and so side projects can become main projects, or if you just have a hobby that you like, a domain name is your place on the internet. I think everyone with any kind of internet presence should have their own domain name. And Hover is the company I have been using for, I don't even know how long now at this point, to register all of my domain names. They have over 400 different domain name extensions for you to choose from. And if you're looking for a domain name for yourself, there's an interesting option, which is the .me extension. It's good to have your actual name as a domain name, so .me seems like a good option. Head on over to Hover. I can't recommend them anymore. Simple, fast, easy domain name registration. And when you go there, go to hover.com slash cortex. That's hover.com slash cortex. If you're new to Hover, get an additional 10% off any domain extension for your first year. That's hover.com slash cortex. Thanks so much to Hover for supporting the show and all of Relay FM. But let me
0: tell you, though, I've learned some stuff about myself over the last month that I didn't know before. Yeah. So now that Adina is at home, I am very self-conscious of working on the sofa. Oh, God, of course. Yes, this is, this is, a, this is a big mm-hmm. physical change. Because it's for a few things. One, I feel like it looks like I am just being lazy. If I am laying on the sofa, no matter what it is that I'm doing. And -hmm. as well, because of the nature of my work, a lot of the stuff that I am doing from the outside can look like I am merely just watching YouTube videos and reading websites. But like a lot of the time, not all of the time, there is obviously an amount of slacking off, but a lot of the time I'm researching things, right? But when it's stuff that you are so interested in because you enjoy them... It also just looks like you're being lazy.
1: I have an amazing example for this in, in my own life where I have a great deal of sympathy from my wife, which is when I am doing edits of podcasts, I'm almost always playing a video game at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to the podcast mm-hmm. and I'm playing a game. And part, part of that is this, this trick that I've learned from myself that if I just if I just watch the podcast... I will actually over-edit it. Like I'll I'll spend way more time than is really necessary, making little changes or doing like it doesn't. I'll make a thousand changes that don't matter. And so playing the game helps give that little, just the tiny bit of friction of, do I want to alt-tab out of this to change that, or is it okay to just let it slide? But from the outside perspective, how does one tell if a partner is just playing video games or playing video games? and also listening intently to a podcast mm-hmm. there's no it's very hard to tell it's very hard to tell. Well, it's like
0: the, the other thing is how do you tell if the podcast that they're listening to is just something that they're listening to enjoy or are they actually <laughs> listening because it's something they need to listen to for their work yes that would be an even harder situation mm-hmm. if you had someone who had to do that it's, it's oh by the way my recent thing is uh you remember i used to do coloring i used to like color a lot and it's like i i Always continue to while we I was record. Say, have you stopped coloring? Um,
1: yeah, I haven't been doing the coloring for a while. I always like to think of you coloring as we're, as we're chatting, but well,
0: it's not. This is, well, no, but this is I like, said, one thing that I do a lot, and I continue to do it while we record, is I doodle. So I have a bunch of pens in mm-hmm. front of me and I okay. just sit and doodle while we record. But one thing that I've been getting into now, especially when editing, if I'm editing a project like Cortex, where it's, it's very involved and lots of hours, I have been doodling in procreate on my ipad oh interesting procreate is incredible
1: yeah it's it's a hell of a program it
0: is not as complicated to learn as i thought it would be because i've you know played with a lot of these types of applications like for example i cannot for the life of me fathom how to use applications like illustrator
1: oh yeah i've made several runs at illustrator and always give up
0: well any any vector graphic stuff i cannot my brain cannot fathom how to get to make shapes in vector formats right with the little anchors and the things and the points I was, I was say,
1: bezier curves no the, like, there's nothing wrong with bezier curves. can't do it like i can't <laughs> i just can't understand it it doesn't matter you how much i try infinite resolution it's so nice i hate it but but Uh, Procreate has been wonderful
0: and I've just been like working on little like doodles and drawings and and just like it's nothing but it's something for me you know like and I really love doing it but like you know I'm not sitting and drawing mugs or like vases and stuff Mm -hmm. like it's not drawings like I don't really know how to describe them like just think of it more like various complicated doodles but that's just been a thing that I've been doing recently but like I also do that sometimes just to relax so, like, how does it look any different? So, anyway, right? Of course, I have fallen back in love with mega office.
1: Oh yeah, no mm. more, no more couch, mic. I think this is, be- this is better. This is, this is much, much better. better. So, basically, over time,
0: I w- had only really started to spend time in my office when I was recording or editing, and all of my other work was happening in other places at the house. You know, like at the dining table or at, on my sofa and that kind of stuff because I wanted a change in scenery. Mm-hmm. But I have also become incredibly more productive this month because mm. I'm sitting in the office so I'm doing more work which is so dumb it makes me feel like a caveman um, it, but I I like it I, I, I feel more productive and I have noticed something about myself which I didn't know before or at least I couldn't pinpoint it if I have a day where I do not really have anything to do mm-hmm. I become Very lethargic and sad, to be honest, because Mm. I'm just doing nothing. So didn't notice about myself. I knew I had those feelings sometimes, but couldn't pinpoint where they were coming from. And I think I've worked it out. And it is like, if I'm not busy, Mm -hmm. if I don't have stuff to do, it's not good for me. Like I need to be busy in some regard. So now it's a case of like, I don't want to fill up my time more. Right. But I need to work out what I do on non-busy days. Right. Okay. So that might mean Mike finally gets out of the house sometimes, which could be an interesting endeavor. There's a whole wide world out there to experience. Yeah. So I've heard. <laughs> they tell me. Uh, I'm not so sure about it, but they tell. Me. So, yeah, it's just been real. And you know what? I, I have been... Very much enjoying using my iPad and my iMac simultaneously. You've seen my corner desk, right?
1: Uh, I was going to say, so like, what, what, is, uh, what is the setup here yeah. when you're saying using them simultaneously? What's, what's the exact deal of what's on what?
0: Mega Office has two desks, right? And desk number two is my game streaming setup. So it's just like dedicated, it's set up for that. But desk number one, yeah. the original desk, is a corner desk. So on the large side of the desk, I have my iMac. And on the smaller side of the desk, I put whatever. Like It's just mm-hmm. where things go. But when I uh, am using my iPad at a desk, I have a great stand. It's called the Clear Look Stand. I will put it in the show notes. It can elevate my iPad to eye height and I use a Apple Magic Keyboard and my Apple Pencil, and that is perfect for me because it gives me some kind of consistency in ergonomics, and, and that's been great for me. So I put that on the smaller side of the desk, and I'm doing a lot of my work here, but then I also have my iMac to the side, and there might be certain things I'm like, oh, I'll just t- swivel my chair over to the iMac and do that here, and I can have all sorts happening now.
1: So I'm living mm-hmm. the multi-device lifestyle, and I really like it. So like, are you using the corner desk as two desks in, in a way? Or yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's what that sounds like. Yeah, so like, like, like the
0: smaller side is the iPad part of the desk. Right. And the lot longer side is the, because it's not an, like the, the, the corner does not, it's not like two desks put together, right? It's like mm-hmm. I have a large part of the desk and then a small you, side. You have a literal L-shaped it desk. It's an L-shaped yeah. desk. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. So the smaller part of the L <laughs> is where the iPad is. I believe goes. that's what they call it yes. in the industry. and the large <laughs> part of the L <laughs> is where the iMac is. If you've seen
1: goes. a letter L, think of that, but now think of it like a desk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah so, yeah.
0: so I like it. Like, you know, and I'm still doing, um, the, the iPad is where I prefer to be. It's like, what Mm -hmm. works for me but I also like having the iMac here to just pick up some other stuff if I need it and it's been really it's been really nice actually Mm -hmm. to have a renewed focus I think it was probably time after nearly doing being self-employed for five years this year wow it's I think it's in like November is my fifth anniversary of being (sighs) self-employed that's it's amazing probably about time for me to have reevaluated some stuff about the way that I work mm. and at least where I am in my life right now, I am feeling much more comfortable with entering my office and being here for long stretches of time getting a bunch of stuff done and then leaving mm. the office and this is something that you know I, I get it but like I'm trying now to be a little bit more conscious of breaking up the work time. That's kind of where I am right now. And I'm finding that for whatever reason, at this time, I am able to be more productive than I have in the past by being in this environment. Um, Mm. Where previously, and and it's it's definitely the case, previously my productivity was enhanced by a change in scenery. So being Mm -hmm. able to move to different parts of the house was really nice for me. But like people change over time Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just get used to something and then when you get used to something you get into bad habits and so being more in my office is enabling me to reevaluate those habits Uh, and i have genuinely been very impressed with myself and my my productivity levels over the last few weeks because i feel like i'm in a bit more control of things than i have been maybe in the last year or so
1: that's great to hear, and and the uh, not only do people change, but the situation that you're in changes. Yes, that's what's forced this, right? It's like that's the catalyst in this in this situation.
0: I do not want to be setting the precedent that the living room is also an office. Now that mm-hmm. there are more people here, more of the time, right? Yep. Like I don't want Edina to have to walk into the living room and feel like she can't be in that space because I'm working in it. Right. And so like and and she has, you know, we are we unfortunately are not in a position where she can have her own office at home, Mm -hmm. but she has a desk area in the bedroom. So we we're never in the bedroom in the daytime. So if she wants to go and work, she will go in there. She'll close the door. And now she is in her office. Right. Like that Mm -hmm. is what that becomes in the day. So and we're both able to be in these rooms when we need to work and then we can use the shared space. As a shared space, like yeah. the living room and the kitchen, and I think, at least for me, that has been something that is very important as as we are going through this life change together.
1: Yeah, it's it's really important to have these clear boundaries. I I, I honestly think this is one of the most important lessons about. Just, it's really important for your brain to know that certain areas are for certain activities. And it's like you know, even if you're if you're a student in school, it's like, why do you go to the university library? Because that's where you study. Do you need to be at the library to study? No, not really. In theory, you could do it anywhere, but it it's greatly advantageous to have a place that you go, and this is where you do the thing. To have all of these signals set up for your brain, it's like, okay, you're in Mega Office now. Now you're doing a whole bunch of work in Mega Office, and I th- I think having spaces, particularly joint spaces, like the common living area, where their purpose is a little bit unclear, is always a danger. I'm like, what happens in this room? Do we work in this room? Do we relax in this room? Like I just I think that's a kind of bad life hygiene. Like you want to try to separate out the spaces as, as much as you possibly can. And I always find that like if I'm not feeling great about stuff that it's it's a kind of it's a kind of contamination of the space of like oh this space is used like its purpose is unclear like what happens in this space and you need to to reevaluate it so i'm not surprised to hear that like the renewed interest in mega office has also led to an increase in mic productivity and i think it's equally as important especially as a couple to define an area of the house where it's like this is where we relax yes we're not doing work here this is this is where we relax. This is the relaxed mm-hmm. space.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it wasn't so important before because when I was working in there, she was never there, right? She was out yeah. of the house. It's doubly right.
1: important now that she's on a sabbatical. Like, then it, then it matters way more.
0: But it is making me look around this office and I want to rip it apart. <laughs> oh, yeah? Are you going to redo yeah. the office? It needs that anyway. Like, it has done for a while. Like, because there are certain parts of this room that are set up for a two-year-old version of what this room was for. Right. And, like...
1: Are you, you going to get rid of that couch? Is that couch going to Oh, that go? couch
0: was gone a long time ago. The gap, oh, is this... Yeah, okay. yeah, that's why I put the second <laughs> desk in.
1: Oh, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, have I even seen that second desk? I guess I have, but it's... I. I i think i still think of your office the first time i saw it like that's when it make an impression on me
0: yeah because you've seen you've seen the pc the pc is on the second desk right so like that that was what that was for but there's stuff like you know like i have a part of the the room which is set up for like oh this is where the video game console will go but there's no video game console in this room anymore so right and i have a lot of unused storage and lots of stuff to put into storage so like i need you know and i have a drawer of cables that can't that shouldn't you know i guess at a certain point where a drawer of cables becomes one big ball of cables uh that all yep. needs to be like you know, i have a lot of that stuff that i want to do mm-hmm. i need to deal with it like but it's just a thing yeah. i just have like stuff yeah. just piling up in here now
1: you gotta conmari those cables i
0: really want to and it's i you know I, I need to work out which usbc dongle sparks joy because right now i'm not 100 percent sure <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the letter L, L for desk.